We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Setting the Pace, your go-to Pacers podcast with Alex Golden and Michael Focci. Miller for three. Oh, he backed it in. He backed it in. And the game is tied. We're going to overtime. Warren lets it fly. Yes. T.J. Warren is not human. Ranger catches, shoots for three to win it. He hits it. Go. Brogdon for three. Let's Got go. it. O'Neal drives on Yao, puts it in. Duarte for three. Boom, baby. Anthony attacks. Hibbert denies him at the rim. Karis LeVert. People don't realize how good he really is. LeVert. Skies high for the jam. Stevenson passes into Sabonis for the basket. Jackson turns, fires, and hits. Oh, wow. Turner bringing that smoke. Flips it to the big fella, fake shoots, and hits! All right, everybody, we're back for day two of the Mailbag Fachi. Let's waste no time. We got to get right into it. So from our previous fan of the week, Sam Colbertson, he said, what kind of player do you think the Pacers draft? Is it someone that's really skilled and can score, or is it someone flashy and athletic like Ivy, or draft someone that hasn't done a whole lot in college like Kendall Brown, but potentially be a big-time player? I think the Pacers just go for the best possible talent on the board. I I don't think that they're a single piece away from contending. So I don't think they should be like, hey, you know what? We don't need a two guard. We already have Chris Duarte and Karis LeVert on the roster. No, you got to look way past that. I mean, even you see Sacramento, they're taking a point guard every year, it feels like. Um, You take the best possible player on on, that's available. So once you get to pick five or six, I feel like you start looking at potentially the best point guard in the draft. They have guys like Jaden Ivey, Benedict Matherin, who I mentioned from Arizona. I, I think that he could be there. Um, six, seven, he could play the two to three. Very appealing. I mean, he's averaging 18 and six, 50% shooting, 37% from three. There's a lot of talent there. Then you hope, what if a guy like Shaden Sharp does fall? I don't know, but what would it take for him to fall? Because I don't, I don't think he's going to fall to five or six, you know? Uh- According to Tankathon right now, they have him slotted in at number five. And, of course, the Pacers are picking number five in this. So, Shaden Sharp right now on Tankathon.com is uh, projected to go to the Pacers. So, that would be unbelievable, Fachi. But, you know, I agree with you there. And I listened, actually, to Chad Ford do a podcast this weekend. And it was basically a mock draft. He had Tony Jones, who covers the Jazz for – I think it's for Lockdown. I can't remember. But 
they did a podcast together where they were just talking about they went back and forth making their picks for this mock draft number one that they do and the Pacers had like the ninth pick based on 538's projections of where they'll finish at this season and so they ended up giving the Pacers uh, G League player Jaden Hardy and they said he's not been playing well but they feel like this is a swing type of swing that Kevin Pritchard can make but a guy that I just keep getting more and more curious about I need to watch more of his game is Johnny Davis from Wisconsin Um, I think this is a guy that would make a ton of sense because he just seems like a guy that doesn't do anything great, but he's really good at a lot of things. And that feels like a very safe pick for a Rick Carlisle coach team. Yeah. I mean, Hey, there's always two different ways to look at it. Do you want to play it safe or do you want to swing for the fences while you're this high? So if there is a chance at a Shaden Sharp who hasn't played any college ball, I mean, it's, it's hard to not swing on a potential home run pick. I wouldn't blame him there. So yeah. Uh, this draft seems to be filled with power forwards. I mean, like power forwards and big men. So it's like if you already happen to have, you know, I, you're still going to have Sabonis on the roster, I would imagine, at that point. I wouldn't <laughs> want to draft another center like a Chet Holmgren, but you also want to take the best possible players. So it gets a little tough. Absolutely. Let's move on to our next question. This comes from Kevin Cheney. It's become clear that Duarte is a future starter on this team. How, would it, how well does he really fit with Brogdon and Warren? I mean, it's hard to say that he fits with Warren when we haven't seen them play yet, but you imagine that he'll fit just fine. I, I think that, you know, between Brogdon, he's played Brogdon plenty. Uh, I think that Duarte would be better served in the starting lineup over there. I, think I, I enjoyed it when he was in the beginning of the year, but I think he'll also be able to play with Warren. I think all three bring something different to the table. Um, so I think Duarte, to tell you the truth, is someone who can play alongside just about anybody, I feel like. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think Duarte is a plug-and-play guy no matter whether he's, where he's at on the bench as a starter, whatever, just because of his ability to shoot. And he's getting better at moving without the basketball. Um, still think he needs to work on that a little bit. But anybody that has the ability to knock down threes like Duarte does, that's someone that can play with anybody. Uh, spread the floor, really make a big difference there for T.J. Warren, a guy that really likes to get to the rim and loves that mid-range and does a great job playing in that now. We've heard Duarte say Carlisle calls the mid-range jail, so we'll see how T.J. Warren adjusts to that. But, you know, I think that Brogdon's a fine player, and I know that we can be a little bit critical of Brogdon overall as the point guard and that type of thing. But for me personally, I would just like someone a little bit more athletic next to Duarte, someone that's a little bit quicker at pushing the ball up the court because I feel like Duarte would benefit from someone playing a little bit faster and not someone kind of slowing it down and playing half-court offense because I think Duarte is better in a uh, not a run-and-gun type of offense, but a, a faster pace offense. Completely agree there. I hate when the Pacers slow it down. So you, you got to you gotta add some quickness. We got to add some athleticism to this team and, you know, pick up the pace a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we got to set that pace, Fachi. But anyway, Zachary Barnett, faithful listener of the show, said, with his recent struggles, do you think there is any opportunity that Lance doesn't get re-signed? I think Lance gets re-signed. I, I think that, look, the, the fact that obviously – his connection with the fans, the inability for the Pacers to sell tickets this year, and the fact that we're not going anywhere this year, it just feels like why not sign him through the rest of the year? You know, just something, a small move like that, not to say that the Pacers are going to, you know, be facing a riot if they don't sign him, but it, it would be like one of those, like, what do you have to lose by signing him for the rest of the year? Yeah, I think Kevin Pritchard knows that this fan base just has a connection with him, yep. and he would be like the, he's already done like, in people's favor right now. So if he were to let Lance go once again, you know, I think fans would be coming for him, even though Lance hasn't played great of late, like Zach said here. I do think that the biggest thing that I've noticed from Lance 
while he's not been playing great, especially in that Golden State game, he did not look good. But you saw a great pass from Justin Holiday to uh, Isaiah Jackson for a slam. And they, and they show the play, and then all of a sudden they pan up to the bench, and Lance Stevenson's jumping up and down and cheering, just so excited. He's telling Goga to get down in the paint. He's trying to get Goga the ball in the post. Like Lance is all about trying, so far this season, he's been all about trying to uplift players and his teammates around him and encourage these young guys, hey, do this, do that, I'll get you the ball. He's not like, I'm about to go just take over and score every time I can. He's looking to get his teammates involved, and he's been a positive more than a negative when it comes to being an influence on these guys. So I personally like what Lance brings to the table, even if he's not playing well, having a veteran that can understand what it's like to be a young player trying to make a name for himself. I, I hate to say it, but he might be one of the best mentors this, this team has for their younger players. He's definitely matured. And I feel like he's in a different headspace now where he, he wants to win. He's playing for that next contract. So you got to imagine he's going to bring it every single night. So I think that that could be contagious for some of the younger guys. Plus also, as we're recording this, this is the final day of the 10 day contract for Lance Stevenson. So he would need to be signed, you know, ASAP. So yeah, uh, the Patriots have to make a decision. I, I think at this point, given where the team's going, I think it's an easy one because Lance isn't really taking away solid playing time from anyone else at this point. They have the luxury to play him all sorts of different kind of minutes without it ruffling any real feathers. All right, Chris Weech from Chris of Prod. He said, if the Pacers somehow get the first pick, who would you actually want them to draft? This is tough because, look, you're always excited about the draft. I don't know how many true stars are in this draft. Like Jabari Smith right now, the power forward out of Auburn, is like slated to go number one in a lot of drafts. And like, he could be good. He could. Paolo Banchero from, from Duke, power forward. Look, he's supposed to be number one or number two in a lot of drafts also. I don't see any of these guys being like, you know, that LeBron James, Anthony Davis type prospect. So it's a little bit tough. Shaden Sharp seems like has that type of like, you know, this guy could be a star, but it's going to be a longer term play, given that he has no college experience compared to these guys. He's coming from high school. Um, so, I, I mean, I want to go for the player with the most potential out there. If that's Shaden Sharp, then that's Shaden Sharp. Okay, so I'm going to tell you this. If the Pacers get the first overall pick in the draft and a team like the Thunder have pick number three or four and they came and offered their third or fourth overall pick with a future pick for later in the draft, like in a couple of years, I would actually I think be, it would be. I would be really – it would be really interesting to listen to offers and move down because, for me, I think between Paolo, Chet, and Jabari, those are the top three prospects right yeah. now. I, I would say Jabari, Paolo, and Chet is how I rank them. I think Jabari I Smith is the number one pick because of what he can do, not only offensively but defensively. I think that he would be a very welcome addition to the Spacers team, especially being six foot ten and what he can do. However, I think that Jaden Ivey and Shaden Sharp are two players that could change your franchise uh, in, in, in different ways because guard play is always something the Pacers have struggled with. Over the last like decade, it feels like they've always had decent point guards and decent guards, but they haven't had like a great guard. Like you could arguably say Victor Oladipo's been their best guard in the last decade, and he was good for one year, right? So, and then other than that, it was Lance. So you're you're really needing to hit on a guard. I think you see a lot of teams that have really good guard play are teams that are winning a lot in the NBA. So while I like the idea of Jabari Smith, I would 
be more enticed to maybe trade down and, and get Jaden Ivey or Shaden Sharp if those two guys are available in that four to five range. But um, if I got the number one pick and I had to make that pick, I don't think I could take Jaden Ivey that early. I think it'd be too much yeah. of a of a risk, and I would settle with Jabari Smith. Exactly. Look, I know a lot of people, you know, given the ties to Purdue, have a very soft spot for Jaden Ivey, but I just feel like you don't pick him number one overall. So. We've seen in the past, I mean, the Marco Fultz uh, year, um, Philly traded a first-round pick. It was a third overall pick to move up to number one and the Kings pick that they owned at the time. Um, I don't remember if there's anything else in there. So the asking price is usually pretty great. Now, if yeah. there's a star at the top of the board, it's obviously the asking price is higher. So if the Pacers do have that opportunity that you mentioned, and you're talking about OKC, and there's an opportunity to slide back two picks and pick up like two first-round picks or something like that, this is the type of time to do that, I feel like. Yeah, or even if they have a pick later in the draft that you're enticed by, right? I mean, I, I think there's so many options here with what you could do because you just never know. And I think the Pacers, if they're like, okay, we don't love anybody at number one, right? We're kind of torn. We think that the talent drop-off from one to four is not that significant, then they can maybe maybe do it. But from what I've heard from people, it's like a, it's a three-person draft, so I don't think they would trade back. But, I mean – it would just be hard for me not to like at least be intrigued by it just to get more assets. Right. But uh, let's move on to our next question. This comes from Aaron Gristle. Uh, Portland has been identified as a potential landing spot for miles Turner recently as a new member of the Anthony Simons hype train. I'm curious of your thoughts on his ability to be a lead ball handler while Damon CJ were out. He averaged about eight assists. Do you think he could be the primary ball handler for the Pacers or do you think he's a better off in a secondary ball hand role do you think Sabonis plus Nurkic is expiring or Simons plus Nurkic is expiring for Turner uh, gets a deal done? I love me some Simons. I do. I've been talking highly of him for, I feel like a month or two on the show, maybe even more. I don't know, but I just feel like he's now shown enough to the NBA world that this kid's special. And I feel like he should be in the running for most improved. I feel like Simons can handle the rock. I don't know if I see him as like, you know, a full-time point guard moving forward, but I feel like he definitely could. I know you mentioned that stretch over there. He had back-to-back -back games with 11 assists, so that's awesome to see. I feel like if there is a, a post-Dame world for, for Portland where he's not there, Simons is the perfect guy to fill in for that. So I, do, I don't think that a Simons and Nurkic expiring deal for Turner gets that deal done, unfortunately. Yeah, I think that... Simons is a guy, like you said, I think he's more of a secondary ball handler, more than a primary ball handler. Um, you know, I, I kind of feel like that's the same realm of, of Malcolm Brogdon, what he is, you know, a guy that can play someone, but prefer it the two. And I think CJ McCollum's in that same boat as well. Wouldn't want him as my full-time point guard, but with having Sabonis on the roster, you know, you don't necessarily need a point guard, so to say. So you can run the offense through Sabonis and just having guards that can create offense with Sabonis really does help. Yeah, and I agree with you. Simons and Nurkic for Turner doesn't – honestly, I think it could get it done, Flash, because I understand how well Simons has played, and I get he's part of their future, but they got to pay him too. So um, do they want to pay him big time? Does he really fit great next to Damian Lillard moving forward? I'm not sure if he does. Now they might want to keep him and trade him in the offseason for something better than Turner. But obviously, uh, the expiring of Nurkic, the Pacers could use that just to shed that salary for next season. Uh, then, then essentially, you're, you're trading Turner for Anthony Simons. And um, at this point, you know, I think that that's a, probably a pretty fair deal. But I think the longevity of Turner's career has shown that he right now is a better asset than Simons. 
just because of, of what he can do for a team. So um, Simons will have to show it more and more than just a couple of a couple of weeks or, you know, let alone just a month um, to, to for me to be like so sold on this. But I, I think I would probably do it, especially with Turner's injury right now. If I'm the Pacers, I definitely do this deal. But I think Simon's trajectory moving forward is that he's just getting started. He's really young, too. He's really young. He's already averaging 15 points per game. He's shown that he can score. He's shown that he can move the ball. I I just feel like this is someone that you also got to think about. Portland's going nowhere this year. Dame's out. You make that trade for Turner. He's got one year on his deal before he needs to get paid. And, I mean, at that point, does Turner move the needle enough for Dame to say, all right, I'm, I'm happy here. I'm staying here. I feel like Simons and Dame, I don't know. I'm just pull, I'm making this up, but I just feel like they probably have some type of close relationship of Lillard being like a mentor to Simons that it could ruffle him wrong to be trading someone that he's seen grow so much in front of his eyes. But that's just my opinion there. So uh, only, only time will tell. I think one thing just real quick that you have to keep in mind is Portland trying to move in the draft. Let's say they get that fourth or fifth pick and they, like the Pacers, get that shade and sharp. Now, is there really a spot for Simons if you have Sharp and Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum? Probably not. So this is more of a deal that I think could happen towards the offseason before the deadline, um, just because they don't know what they're going to land-wise in the, in the lottery. So if the Pacers, for some reason, can't find a trade for Turner because of the injury before the deadline, wait till the offseason, and then maybe you could approach something like this um, where there might, where the Blazers might be able to accept more salary or you take on someone else's contract instead of Nurkic. But uh, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and answer the rest of these questions for today's episode. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, we are back with Tell the Truth 31. He said, after watching Levert ball out these last recent games, in the Pacers, can the Pacers afford to trade a player who drops uh, 25 to 30 on a nightly basis, seeing there are not many of them in the league? If they do, what player would you all like to see replace him? Lavert definitely has skills. It's obvious. We saw what he did against the Lakers, 22 in the fourth quarter, 30 for the game. I mean, he's shown some awesome flashes of being really, really good players in this league. However, I haven't heard that many teams linked to Lavert outside of Cleveland. And I've heard the Lakers are interested, but the Lakers are interested. Dallas. Yeah, I mean, Dallas, yeah, I mean, that, that could be interesting. Um, I would honestly love a package if we're dealing Lavert for, I've mentioned like a broken record. Can you get two young guys like a Colin Sexton, Isaac Okoro? Two guys that'll be that could be here. You could take a swing on Sexton. Maybe it doesn't work. You, you try it for a year, but Okoro still has a couple of years under his contract. It fit, uh, fit the overall pick in the past. If you are to make a deal with the Lakers and you get like a THT Kendrick Nunn and like a, a future pick, I mean that that could be appealing. That pick's probably protected, but something where it's like I, in my gut, don't feel like Levert signs a new deal with the Pacers. I don't. So get what you can while the stock is high. Yeah. And I honestly, I don't really think he's a 25 to 30 point game to score on a nightly basis. I think that there's times there's no, there's times when, yeah, exactly. There's times when he can do that, but I think we saw Levert at his best when he was coming off the bench as a six man. And he's, he's a guy that he can be a playmaker, but he's usually not. And there's sometimes where he can, be easy to guard like look he's not a great three-point shooter so what he did against the lakers was an anomaly that's just something like hey if he gets hot okay cool but that's not something he does very often so that's why i've like talked about maybe packaging him with turner to try and get you someone that's maybe all-star caliber level like a gordon hayward right that's that's why i said okay that would make some sense because you know hayward's probably a 18 point 20 point night a game kind of person but like he would fit more because of his ability to pass and be more of an offensive connector where, where Levert's not. And I think Gordon Hayward's a much better defender than Karis Levert. And I think that's the bottom line. Karis Levert is not a good defender. We've talked about it a lot. So if uh, you're trying to get a proven guy that can come back here and help you, that's why I say package him a Turner for someone like, if you're able to get him, Hayward, possibly uh, Pascal Siakam, not sure what else you'd have to give up to get those type of players back. But if you're like, talking about younger players that's why i've hit the isaac okoro hammer a lot um just been nailing that down because i um i really would like isaac okoro just because he's a young player fifth overall pick and he's a defensive-minded player someone that would make a lot of sense for a team that needs to improve on the perimeter defensively and i think he could wreak some havoc and really thrive in a rick carlisle system um because he's kind of an outcast a little bit with what cleveland's doing right now Yep, I think so. I mean, I think that they're also trying to really, I think making the playoffs for them, even if it's a first round exit, means a lot to the yeah. point where I feel like he's one of those players that they would sacrifice. You know, Darius Garland, uh, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, those are like their untouchables right now, unless you're going to blow them away in a deal, which even then might be unlikely. So, Joseph yeah. Okoro is that guy who could be the odd man now. And then Colin Sexton, it feels like they're already ready to move on, on from him. All right, this comes from Josh Lovell. Who are the young guys around the league that are stuck on the bench right now that you think should be targeted by the Pacers? Reddish would have been a good one, but that's probably not happening anymore. Well, it can't happen because he was already traded. So, uh, but yeah, Faji, any young players on the bench around the league that you think would be good for the Pacers? First, I was I tried to find some guys that are really like not getting playing time. 
like a Jalen Johnson or a Moses Moody. Then there's also guys like we've talked about, Obi Toppin, who needs more minutes over there. Uh, Cam Reddish would have been the perfect example. So those are some guys that I feel like are, you know, I'm intrigued by. There was a lot of guys that I saw that are playing like 25 minutes per game. At that point, I can't say that they're they're on the bench, you know. But one guy, and this is me selfishly or biasly, being a West Virginia fan, but Deuce McBride on the Knicks Mm. does not get enough minutes, should have been a first-round pick. Earlier this year, he was plus 39 in a game for the Knicks when he didn't score a point. He is a really good defender. He's a good three-point shooter. Sent him down to the G League, scored like 42 points in a game. I mean, this guy is a stud in the making who can't get any minutes on the Knicks. I don't think they'll move him, but if you were to make a deal, say like you are trading like a Turner, he seems like the type of guy that can be a throw-in that has potential. Yeah, this is a tough one here, Fachi, because, you know, just buried on the bench. I'm not sure exactly what you mean by that, if it means not a starter, but, you know, whatever. Or if it's a guy, like you said, that's not getting any playing time at all. Um, You know, you brought up some good ones there with Atlanta's team. They have some guys that are interesting. And Obi Toppin was the guy that I was going to default to here just off of hearing this question. But, you know, I I like the answer you gave, so we'll just go with that. Um, A little bit different. And, uh, you know, Deuce McBride, I mean, that's that's a fun name to talk about. Um, for sure, for sure. And, you know, some of that's not been playing is I don't think Book Knight's been playing a lot really for the hasn't. Hornets. Um, that was a guy that we were actually looking at, like that we oh, were yeah. really intrigued by at 13. Same with Moses Moody. Like everybody knows, I love Moses Moody on that deal. You um, drive the bus. I was. I was driving it and I drove it right off the cliff because I was so sad. But, you know, that's that's some names to keep an eye on there. But let's move on. Ivan Burden said, it's getting close to the end of January. What do you have to see from TJ Warren to offer another contract? I got to see him be like 75 to 80% of of who he was after being out for what we're talking about, like 13 to 14 months, whenever he comes back. Look, can he, can he be, you don't have to be as reliable as a three point shooter in the past because he had back-to-back season shooting like 40%, but can you be playing small ball four and can you defend? If you could still defend, play that small ball four and be like a decent three point shooter over here, that's going to be very important. If you want to, if you want number wise, he was averaging like 19 points and like five rebounds on 50% shooting. Can you be giving us like somewhere around 15 points on like 45% shooting for the rest of this year? I would feel like that's a guy who's trending in the right direction that given that he missed a year could sign for a little bit of discount. I think I'd like to see him play like eight to 10 games after the all-star break, just to know one that he's healthy and that he can play still. Two, for him to shake some of the rust off. And then maybe three, once he does shake some of that rust off after about five or six games, see what he looks like for about, you know, two or three different games there with whoever's left on the roster. Um, that way you have an idea. Like you said, does he fit with Duarte? Well, we haven't seen it yet. Does he fit with this person? So I would just like to give him a little bit of a sample size here to play under Carlisle in his system for about eight to ten games and play with some of these young players and some of the guys we acquire via trade or – just see what he what he looks like with some of the vets that we still keep on this roster. He's got to be able to show that he can mesh with this group and be impactful. If not, um, and if he gets hurt again, then you're really just like, nope, can't do it. I'm not I'm not resigning him if he gets hurt once he comes back once again. So um, I think you just got to see that he can come back and be healthy, Fachi. Exactly. If it's one of those where look, I'm not asking him to play in like back to backs all the time, right? But it's like if this guy is struggling through. The rest of the year, I'm sorry, but I'm not in the biggest rush to, to ink him to a deal, signing him to, you know, at minimum $15 million per year to probably 20 per year. 
All right. So Fachi, our last question here comes from at Hugh Pacers. Um, I did reply to this because he said, after the last two games, do you think the young guys will finally receive the minutes they should? I posted this question for the mailbag stuff before the game against the Suns. And I said, are you including the Phoenix game or no? He said, go ahead and include the Phoenix game. So we'll say after the last three games, do you think the young guys should finally uh, get the minutes that they deserve? I, I really do. I mean, what more could you have wanted to see from Goga? Like Isaiah Jackson is still not getting like crazy minutes. He's showing you what you need to see. I mean, his game against the Warriors was just fantastic. Kiefer and, and Dwayne, I feel like they've struggled a little bit more than, than some of that. That's the talent difference that Goga, Isaiah, you know, those guys, those are first round picks. Um, yeah, well, I guess Isaiah was a little bit after that, but I mean, yeah, those, those are first, though. No, he was first round pick. Those yeah. are first round picks. Kiefer, Dwayne, those are undrafted two way contract guys. So there is a talent drop off. We know that Brogdon's going to be out for, you know, the next 10 days. We know Sabonis is going to be out for the rest of the road trip. We know Turner's probably going to be out for a few weeks. That enables the youth to keep playing. And at that point, Goga no longer feels like a guy that maybe you have to attach to someone just to pull off a trade because at that point, that would be a waste. Yeah, and I don't really know how much value Goga had before this because he hadn't been playing at all. So nobody was like, all right, this is another guy the Pacers wasted a draft pick on. But um, no, he's actually got talent. They just haven't used him. So I think, yeah, they deserve the minutes. Goga deserves them. Isaiah Jackson, Chris Duarte, even Kiefer Sykes, they deserve them. I don't think Dwayne Washington necessarily needs a ton of minutes. I think he's fine on the role he's in. But the last four guys that I mentioned, they definitely deserve those minutes. They should be in the rotation. I think they have an opportunity to prove what they what they can do for this team. I think O'Shea Brissett deserves some minutes too to kind of play with those guys to showcase what he can be with that group. And I think it'd be fun to see a group of Kiefer, O'Shea, Chris Duarte, and then your two bigs, Isaiah and, and Goga out there, just to see how they mesh together. But, you know, I, I think we'll, we'll have plenty of time to see them receive the minutes. So that wraps up day two of the, the podcast. And we've got quite a few for you on Tuesday's show. And we're going to have a loaded podcast Tuesday. We're going to have Scott Agnes come on. And we're going to have another mailbag podcast. So just be on the lookout for those two episodes. And uh, Fachi, where can people find us at on social media? You could find us on Twitter at SettingThePace3. You could find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You could find us on Facebook at SettingThePace. You could find us on TikTok at SettingThePace. You could find us on Instagram at PacersTalk. And if you're excited to see Goga Batadze get another start for the Indiana Pacers against the New Orleans Pelicans, say these three words. Let's go Pacers! It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. 
Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com 